This is Pastor Mike from Jordan Lutheran Church, and you're about to hear one of our Sunday morning messages. At Jordan, we're passionate about learning from the Bible and pray that this message makes an impact in your life. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, our Father and Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. How many of you have ever been in a situation where things get out of order? Anyone been in an out-of-order situation? All right. How many of you have ever been to the grocery store, whether or not it's the meat counter uh, or a bakery or the post office where they have those little pool numbers? Anyone ever go there? Uh, Which is either really a good thing or a bad thing. You have to get a pool number. Why? So things stay in order. So I invite you, as we step into Mark, go to Mark 5. We're going to go in there, but I want you to keep right now. But We'll get back to our bakery and our post office. There's a reason. So you've got in the back of your mind people pulling numbers. So just leave that set there for you. Because in Mark 5, and we started at verse uh, 21, 22, and moved through uh, about verse 43 is where we are headed, things get out of order fast. Now, most of you in life, if you've ever pulled the number, aren't happy because the first thing you do is you look at the number and like you have like 40 and the next thing you know is you look up and it says now serving 19 yeah that's right no but you're like really really and the next thing you hear is i'd like a pound of turkey four pounds of roast beef a pound of provolone two pounds you're like this is number 19 this is not going to go well you're looking for people saying i just like you know a quarter pound of this and be done so we've got our numbers set there now, as we think about the request, in Mark 5, 21 to 43, we have the request of Jairus, who is a synagogue leader. And he goes up to Jesus as Jesus is teaching, and it looks like it's going to be the standard story of the way life is. A man of power and prestige is going to get answers first. Because truthfully, he's got the power and the prestige. He comes up, he sets and says, hey, this is happening. Uh, you can unpack and say, well, maybe he's not coming in that, but he has all of that. He has all of that going for him. But that's not how it plays out. So turn with me again, Mark 5, 21 to 24. So as we look to the text, here's what we see unfolding in Jesus' words. And Jesus crossed again in the boat to the other side. A great crowd gathered around him, and he was beside the sea. Then came one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name. And seeing him, he fell at his feet and implored him earnestly, My little daughter is at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her so she may be made well and live. And he went with him. Now I want you just to take this little bakery image or post office or meat counter image and realize right now Jairus just pulled his, his number. And when he pulled his number, it says, now serving. Jairus said, okay, 22. And he looked up at the light and it said, now serving 22. And he went with him. I'm just making sure we're in the text. And he went with him. So he said, will you help me? Jesus went with him. So you would expect that Jesus is now serving him. Because that's how the world always works, right? Everything is fair and just and perfect and aligned. And I have the number to show that I'm next in line. But you've read the text with me this morning. (laughs) You know that serving that number doesn't always mean that that's how it's going to unfold. And the power and the prestige that you assume is going to win the day isn't how this unfolds. So you can stay there. I'm going to pick up from verse 24 and read a few before we go. So just allow your mind to 
to walk again through this passage. And a great crowd followed him and thronged about him. And there was a woman who had a discharge of blood for 12 years and who had suffered much under many physicians, and she had spent all that she had and was no better but grew worse. And she had heard the reports about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. And then we pick up and hear verse 28 and 29. For she said, if I touch even his garments, I'll be made well. And immediately the flow of blood dried up. She felt in her body. She was healed of her disease. So I want you now to consider for a moment if you've ever been a person who has been promised something and then the delay happens. You could be in the emergency room and you're the next person up. You've watched it all set there. And then a crisis comes in and you became a little bit further down the totem pole. Now, it feels great if you're the person who gets inserted in front and who gets the immediate care, but if you're the person who has to wait, who has to delay, who has to sit there and go, but I have the number. It says I'm next. So there it is. Jairus assuming Jesus is going to see my daughter. I'm finally going to get it. The great teacher is coming. The one who can fix this, the one who can heal. But now along the way, something is getting in the way. Something is stopping what I thought would happen. For most of us, as long as things are fair, we figure it's going to be okay. But right here is where the reading gets a little bit, for some of us, on an earthly term, it's not fair. Because Jairus' daughter was supposed to be next up. And I don't know if you've ever looked at the reading in this way to realize that Jairus is probably sitting there doing what? Now, I realize he doesn't have a Fitbit, he doesn't have a clock, and no, I'm not going to make like a sundial reference, but he's probably thinking what? Let's go. Let's go. Why the crowds? It's my turn. I asked and you said I'll go. Did you ever get hot food to take home and then you get stuck in traffic? Were you worried about the person who the ambulance was coming to pick up or were you worried more about your food? Don't answer it. See, when these little frustrations come in right now, it's the challenge. Now, to the person who's being healed, to the woman who's having this discharge of blood for 12 years, who comes in faith and sets there, this is the power of God. But stories in the Bible always happen not just on one level, but they happen on multiple levels. So there's the level of the woman being healed, and then there's Jairus, then there's Jairus' daughter, then there's the family who goes, why is Jairus taking so long? What's holding everything up? Why is it that there's more and more delay? See, as long as things are fair, most of us figure, if it's fair and I can kind of see it, it'll work out. So the woman touches Jesus, and verse 30 records this, and Jesus, perceiving in himself that power had gone out from him, immediately turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my garment? Now, you may have never read the text because you figure, oh, this is happening fast. It's just on the move. It's a delay if you're Jairus. Anything that causes Jesus not to move forward is a delay. Remember the last time you were in the ER? <laughs> For some of you, are like, which time, Pastor? Well, just pick one in your mind. That's fine. Uh, but when the physician had to wait and they were set there and they had another person, and you're sitting there going, now, now, time is of the essence. I need you now. A turn, a look, a count, a touch of a garment. These are problems. I need it now because I know my daughter is on the edge. It's going to all stop. So is it fair 
that Jesus stops. All depends on which side you are, right? If you're the woman, it's the best thing that ever happened. If you're not, uh, it raises other questions. Look at his disciples. And his disciples said to him, and I love that they seem to want to keep the order. It's as if they know Jairus pulled the number. And his disciples said, you see the crowds pressing around you, and yet you say, who touched me? Hey, we've got, we've got obligations. They get the crowd like, Jesus, we get it. We have crowds. This is kind of something that happens. You have promised someone you'll be where they are. Let's get to going, which is a very human response. We all agreed that we have an appointment at 1 o'clock, so we need to make sure we're there at 1 o'clock. And if you are ever around your all of us operate differently, right? There's someone who's the 15 minute early, there's someone who's on time, and then there's always, there's always a member in a family who's always what? Why do you guys say it with such, like, like fervor? Like, either that means the family member is next to you and you're trying to remind them of how you feel about them, or they're not here and you can say it, like, willy-nilly and free. Late! They'll never know I said it. Well, as they sat there, this is the challenge. We need to get Jesus there because the disciples, they're not Jesus, but they know him. And there's a little bit of joy in knowing that you know him and that you're helping to keep things forward. I mean, I'm not saying that they think this of themselves, but in some ways it's kind of like Jesus' secret service, right? We just need to move him through the crowd. We'll get him there. We'll get to where he needs to go. He'll do what he needs, but we'll get him there. Yes, crowd's touching it. We get it, Jesus. Move on. We got it. We're, we're getting there. You said, Jairus, let's go. But when Jesus starts to move forward, he moves this story from one of consequence of timelines to a question of faith. Because in this story, what it's about is faith trumps fairness. See, the fairness of whose number is next doesn't matter in the face of genuine faith. Genuine faith doesn't need to be number 22, 27, 19, 2, or number 1. Genuine faith says it will indeed work out just as God said. See, verse 32, the story, this is still the woman. He's still interfacing with her. And he looked around to see who had done it. But the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling fell down before him and told him the whole truth, which is normally what type of story? A long one, a big one, the whole truth. This is everything. I'm laying it all bare. This is what happened. Here's how it happened. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. See, peace comes to her. This is the part that Jairus is still struggling with. See, in your life right now, you might be in a place where you don't have peace because God hasn't come to your house as you felt the numbers should fall. Because you've been praying and you ask before the person in this very congregation who's already been healed. Someone who in this very congregation who we prayed for just last week and now they've already got healing and we've been praying in this congregation for nine months for a family member in your face, but for whatever reason, it hasn't come there yet. So it seems like the numbers are out of order. And when things get out of order in human thinking, we don't like it. We get nervous, anxious, tension, stress, concern. It's real. Because we like things, whether or not we want to admit it, in order. You may be a person who's like, no, I don't like order at all. Yeah, let me change a few things that you trust every week, and you will come back and say, okay, so I like a little order. I mean, some of us are, are better with change, but we do like knowing certain things will line up the way that we expect them to. Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed. So now we have her healed, but we move back 
And again, what is kind of a story in a story? The delay has led to something else. While he was still speaking, verse 35 says, there came from the ruler's house some who said, your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher anymore? Your number wasn't good enough. Didn't happen. Set there, just let it go. It's not worth it anymore. We don't need it because it's not set there. It wasn't fair. It didn't happen the way it would. We thought that the teacher would understand. We thought that we had it, Jairus. You would move there as quick as you could, but don't trouble him because it's over. It's all set. See, in human terms, this is where the story should end. But you're not here this morning to hear a human story. You are here to hear a human story that is touched by the divine infinite, by God himself, by Christ who came in the flesh, Jesus who made the world, who is there with the Father before all times. As we hear the writer of Hebrews remind us that Jesus was there at the creation, that God's presence, that's who's in the story. So the story doesn't end with those saying, give up. Verse 36, but overhearing what they said, Jesus said to the ruler of the synagogue, do not fear, only believe. Because this isn't a matter of being fair, it's a matter of faith. It's not a matter of order and who got there first and who got there last. It's realizing God will move as God sees fit in God's timing, all to the glory of him and to the honor of the creation that he loves. A creation that he loves so much, he refused to leave it. Jesus got into the thick and the mud and the pain and the agony of people who would do this. Jesus, how dare you get out of order? Jesus, how dare you not serve the number when it should have been me? Jesus walks in that road. Now, if you are in a family, could you imagine the things that were probably told of Jesus along the way once they realized or they believed that Jairus' daughter is dead? Think what some family members would have said. Oh, man, they'd have had choice words. It would have been laced with just immense emotion. And you're like, oh, no, 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 there was all decorum set there. You ever had a loved one die? A lot of decorum goes out the door. A lot. Because it's raw. It's raw emotion. It's the stuff that kind of shows who you are. That all comes out. Because they think that it's over. And when it's over and you think that person could have helped, it's, it's difficult. The doctor who didn't show up, and you're like, if only you'd been there, you could have stopped the bleeding. If only you'd been there, you could have healed. Why did you delay? We were the ones you should have been tending to. Why are you making a commotion and weeping? Talk about the answer you didn't expect. This is how Jesus answers a family that's probably irate, upset, on the edge, at the very least frazzled. And he says to them, why are you making a commotion and weeping? To which they'd probably say what? Really? I mean, this is similar to the who touched me comment of Jesus when he's in a crowd and his disciples go, there's a crowd all around you. He's asking questions that people aren't normally used to here. Instead, what they expect him to do is wish condolences. Sorry, I wasn't here. I was kept away. Could we pray with you? Uh, we might pray God's peace upon this family member who's lost. Instead, he just goes, why are you making a commotion? Think to the last time you were in a crisis and someone came up to you and dared, tried to say, well, what's all a commotion about? <laughs> and think if you would have smiled. 
And then if they said, what's all the commotion and the weeping about? Think how that would have landed. But this isn't an ordinary person. And don't miss that here in Mark 5. This isn't an ordinary person. This is God in the flesh. The child's not dead, but sleeping. And they laughed at him. See, it just got human, didn't it? This is fallen humanity in the face of a living and ever-present God. We don't understand. Because they're looking going, you fool, she's dead. What are you talking about? They just laughed at him. Because laughter is just a way to express tension. They're just exhausting all the tension in the room going, I'm not even going to address this guy's question. What's all the commotion and weeping about? Just laugh at him because he just, it would seem like he's what? A little off his rocker. This isn't the way people respond. And taking her by the hand, he said to her, Talitha Komi, which means little girl, I say to you, arise. Now the man they just laughed at reaches out and touches her. I guarantee you there were gasps in that room. Because if you showed up late to a party, you don't get to go to the center of it. What's he still doing addressing her? Because he decided to come late. Little girl, I say to you, arise. And immediately the girl got up and began walking, for she's 12 years of age. And they were immediately overcome with amazement. (laughs) Because the very last thing they ever could have imagined just happened no longer about numbers and order it's no longer about being fair it's about realizing that god had it all planned out and we just watch it unfold we who are in faith look and realize that god has this grand narrative called our lives laid out and we do better just to enjoy each and every day and thank the lord for it than start to try to figure it out see this is the work of the lord in the midst of this child's life Do not fear what's happening around you because the Lord is speaking into your life in a way that is louder than any laughter that the world could push on you. Someone may have said to you, why is it that you go to church if your family is facing these challenges? They may laugh at you. You're wasting your time. You're not set there. To which the Lord says, but I have made you mine in baptism. I will feed you at my table. You see, the joy of gathering in this place is to realize that God speaks at this day and at this moment and says, this is my body. This is my blood given and shed for you, for your need, for your concern. I'm not distant. I'm not gone. I've not forgotten your number. I know your number and I know exactly how it's going to unfold. And until it happens, I will be with you every step of the way. It is why as we gather here in this house that we actually do one thing that the world doesn't do all that often. (laughs) Actually open the book and actually allow the words of the Lord to speak to us. And immediately the girl got up and began walking and they were immediately overcome with amazement. May the Lord who is walking in your life May the Lord who has named you in the waters of baptism, may the Lord who feeds you at his table, fill you with the amazement that the Holy Spirit alone can do by a gift of faith he gives to you this very day. Amen. We're glad you've connected with us online and look forward to the opportunity to see you in person. On behalf of everyone at Jordan, we hope you will join us as we gather in worship of our Savior, Jesus Christ, every Sunday morning at 930 at Beaver Creek Cinemas in the peak of good living 
Apex, North Carolina.